Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. What's going on, everyone? We are starting a cult is back again. It's better than ever. This Friday. It's me. It's Grant. Yeah, right now. We're here with Jake. We got Mitch, Mitch Master P over here. He's there. You know, as usual, he's the the middleman. Then we got uh, we got the we got the Shaw. We got him hanging out. It's him. He's back and better than ever. He's alive. What's up, guys? Nothing at all. I am a robot. Um. All right, so I'm gonna. If I'm cutting the bullshit, we're gonna jump right in. Today yeah. we got Bill Cooper. He is. He's the Santa Claus that has delivered the gift of conspiracy, the- contemporary conspiracy theory to he's the universe. The biggest name in current conspiracy thought. No, Bill Cooper is insane. Um, we're just gonna dive right into this shit. I want the. We got a preliminary warning for you, okay? You know how like uh, on Jackass they have the thing like warning. Blah, 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 blah. Nobody pays attention to that. Pay attention to this. If you go into this, accepting what we tell you to be true. This is all, these are all theories and ideas and uh, sources that he's pulled together. We'll get to it later. You'll understand. Based in reality, though. They're based in reality, and I want you to just assume for the next hour and a half, perhaps, that we're on this episode with you, just assume that all of this is accurate and it will change your existence. Bill Cooper's the smartest man in the world is what you're thinking throughout this entire episode. Yeah, okay. just try. Um, so, yeah, why don't we just start? We just jump right in. Yeah. William Cooper. Yeah. William Milton Cooper. It's Milton William oh, Cooper. Oh, sorry, yeah. yeah I'm Actually. Sorry. All right. Fuck you. He's arguably, like I said, the biggest name in conspiracy thought oh, definitely. right now, right? He's known uh, widely for his 1991 book, uh, Behold a Pale Horse. I have it. It's right he there. It does. It's right over it's there. It's badass. It's a good book. It's got sweet art cover on the front. Yeah. It's fucking tight. He was also known for his radio show, The Hour of the Time. Isn't that which something? Which is quite the name. So, yeah. Um, not really much of his childhood, but uh, let's go into his military service, eh? How about we just jump right in there? Yeah, no, I think that that is important. Like uh, A lot of times you're probably accustomed to us giving you this like rundown of their life. He he did not really share that with many people. He lived a very private life to a certain degree, and uh, a lot about his like younger years, it's not known by anybody but him, who is now deceased. So he gave away the ending. 
if you yeah, if you think that we're gonna kind of like, you know, give you this like, oh, he grew up here and he did this. Like, no, it just he tells you the important parts about him. Oh, where he grew up. Yeah, he tells you the parts that give him credit. You know, that make him a little bit more credible. He's like, this is me, Bill. This is for what I want to be known for. There's no padding in his shit. It's just it's all there. It's meat. It's right there. No fat on that meat. You want a little fat sometimes, though, you know. No, not him. You don't like. He wants the fillet. He wants meats. the pure fillet. That's all this guy wants. So let's get into it. I just, I, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. No, all right. So uh, yeah, all right. 1965. Bill Cooper joins the Navy after a short stint in the Air Force. Right. He was assigned uh, submarine duty. Well, he like volunteered to do submarine duty because not many people want to do that. Uh, barely. Right, so he joined the Navy uh, for his love of the water, but he got like motion sickness, like all very quickly and easily. Yeah, no, he had like it disgusting was, motion yeah. sickness. Like, there's one point uh, in the book where he he talks about that a little bit. He said like even the thought of being in a moving car like would make him sick. So like the, it was just funny that he decided on that job, you know, like. <laughs> I guess by, just puking all I over guess the you just dude you, yeah. you don't let your fear consume you I guess I don't really I guess know not. but it, oddly enough apparently the submarine was the only place uh, that his seasickness would subside and not return as if he was just underwater he's a fish um, so during uh, a submarine trip right while he was in the military from Portland uh, to Pearl Harbor uh, Bill saw something that would change his life forever and uh, and subsequently yeah. ours. Yeah, what least. I'm about to say uh, pretty much is the reason we're talking about him because this set him off, right, to be a memorable man. Uh, he claims to have uh, seen a... Pu- all right, so all right, here we go. During a submarine trip from Portland to Pearl Harbor, Bill saw something that would change his life. He claimed to have seen a pewter-colored metal machine uh, dipping in and out of the ocean in, like, rapid succession. Nice. Like, super quick. But he was underneath the water, right? Like a water dildo. Much like that, yeah. Or a reverse poop. (laughs) Ah, yes, the old reverse poop. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm familiar. So so anyway, uh, yeah, so it it was dipping in and out of the ocean. Uh, Supposedly, based on what Bill was saying, it was intelligently designed and controlled. This was, like, based on its movements, right? And it wasn't just, like, splashing in and out of the water. It uh, supposedly would, like, go up above the surface to where he couldn't see it. And then he would start to see this little hole appearing in, like, the surface of the water. And as the thing would just plunge down, like, the hole would expand and, like, Mm -hmm. remain there. So it theoretically wasn't getting wet as it was going through the ocean. It was, like, cutting away through it somehow uh-huh. and then just rocketing back up the same path and that hole would just close up behind it as it nice. shot back up to the surface. He was flabbergasted. He was just like, what the fuck is that? And he was with his friends. Uh, he, he was freaking out with his friends in the uh, submarine, right? Uh, his friends' names were Lincoln and Geronimo. Yep. So that's a fun little detail. It does sound made up, but... That's what it's it, reality stranger than fiction. I don't know. But you'll soon see. Oh, you'll. That's. Nobody volunteers. But uh, it's all right. So uh, Bill was later asked uh, what he'd seen by a superior official. Right. He was like, I think I saw flying saucer. Right. 
he phrased it that way, maybe UFO, something like that. But uh, yeah, he said, I saw a flying saucer. And then he got uh, harshly screamed at and threatened. And then he was asked the same question again. And he replied, nothing. And was made to sign documents swearing him to secrecy of what he saw. Yes. In the submarine. That this, is true. Uh, set him on his course, and he didn't. It's he didn't quite understand it at first, like when when it happened, because he talks about how he was being berated, and he kept just wanting to be honest. And he was like, "I saw a UFO," and then finally he caught on, and he was like, "Okay, uh, they really want me to say I saw nothing." So he just decided, "No, I didn't see anything," and just signed his confidentiality agreement, and fucking. That was that. That was over. That didn't happen. It didn't exist. Didn't happen at all. But then... Exactly. Something else happens uh, almost immediately to where he just tells people. So let's let's get into that, maybe. All right. All right. All right. Swearing into secrecy. So uh, sometime later, Bill uh, became an internal security specialist after being accepted into the Naval Security and Intelligence School. Right. So, uh, being an internal uh, security specialist uh, put Bill in charge of setting up security perimeters, securing installations in buildings, and safeguarding classified information. Right. So he's got access. He's he knows all. He's, he's got all in, the secrets. He's in the house. You know. Uh, so yeah, uh, he's in charge of all that stuff. After uh, graduating from the Naval Security and Intelligence School. Um, he was sent to Vietnam in 1967. Fortunate son. Fortunate son, all the ass. Yeah, so fortunate son. Uh, he. <laughs> 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 all right, so while he was there, apparently Bill uh, caught wind of some words, like some stories being told around, uh, I want to say around town, but uh, around Vietnam, these stories are being told. Around the water cooler? Yeah, the water Around cooler. the whorehouse? It probably got uh, the waterfall. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he, uh, he heard some uh, rumors going around that entire villages have been vanishing after uh, reports of UFOs in their skies. Isn't that crazy? He also heard that both sides had opened fire on the UFOs and were met with a light weapon. Yeah. A light weapon, and uh, that the aliens had abducted two American soldiers, mutilated them, and left them to rot. Rumors? Well, Bill thinks they're true. Yeah, and uh, there's he also found a lot of reports of uh, people like in ships, like on boats, little... Like canal wanderers, I guess you'd call them, that yeah. go through the rivers and stuff, actually being like chased by UFOs, and like they would, you know, shoot at it, and it would just dodge them, or it would just bounce right off the outside of the craft and just kind of hang out. And they're like, "What the fuck is this?" So it was getting fishy in Vietnam, you know, old war side. It was getting real fishy. Vietnam's a weird place for war. Yeah, you know, yeah. But after the war, so those were just some rumors. He did his uh, he did his time over in Vietnam. We lost, we lost that war as America. <laughs> All right. So after uh, the war, Bill joined the office of Naval Intelligence, where he acquired the security clearance of top secret, magic restricted. Mm-hmm. Harry right. Potter shit, bro. Yeah, the highest security clearance there is. 
Right. All right. So with uh, with this clearance, Bill had access to top secret documents pertaining to things such as the Kennedy assassination, uh, alien ties in the government, UFO sightings, and uh, and you know plans uh, for the new world order. Yeah, let me tell you this. I want you guys to put a pin in this New World Order, okay? Because there is an entire breakdown that will connect every single thing Jake just said. And it gets fucking crazy. So just put a pin in that and just be ready for some insanity to happen. It's coming. Oh, it's coming. So Bill claims to have memorized many of these documents. Just the entire, the entirety of the the entire documents. Uh, so he's there for a while doing his thing. Uh, eventually, his time in the Navy ends, right? And Bill decides to try to go to a reporter with all of the top secret uh, stuff that he has. Yep. He and just uh, he just immediately tries to. And what tell happens everybody. to him? He gets a little encounter of his own here. Yeah, that's when the uh, the men in black show up. Yep. Yeah. He, uh, but they didn't really pay him a visit as much as they hit him with his. Co- yeah, they hit him with a car while he was driving. They ran him off the road, causing him to get into an accident where he lost a leg. And then uh, the same ones that ran him off the road, the men in black, they show up to the hospital, and Bill's just like, "All right, I I'll keep my mouth shut. All right, like." Uh, Men in Black, get out of here. And there's no so, denying that because he actually is missing a leg. He doesn't have a leg, yeah. It's weird. It's it's very strange. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. It all makes sense at the end. It will. But yeah, so despite this uh, being ran off the road and losing a limb and swearing again that he won't say anything, uh, despite this, over the next 16 years, uh, Bill would sink about $27,000 into spreading the information he acquired uh, to various sources around the world. Uh, while doing this, Bill Cooper began uh, to lecture. He did lecture tours talking uh, of, uh, you know, all the stuff. Uh, talking about aliens and, like, the New World Order, all that stuff. Remember that again? Uh, this was all lending, uh, it was all leading to the 1991 publishing of one of the most well-known books in Conspiracy Thought, uh, Behold a Pale Horse. Indeed it is. I I would recommend this to anybody remotely interested in any of these following topics, and that would be aliens, government cover-ups, uh, military conspiracies, UFOs, anything that has... Pretty much anything that isn't a ghost is involved in this fucking book, okay? Mm. It has everything. And it's just something to, to kind of like, I don't know, thumb through and just read about. You pick up little bits of information. Whether you believe it or not, you learn something, you know, you're going to learn a name of somebody important in history that you didn't know. It's, there's a bunch of stuff like that. So it, it's I cool. highly recommend it's it. It's cool. It's great. Uh, I bought it at Barnes and Noble for what, like 22 bucks or something. Mm-hmm. It was like, I found one copy sitting there. I was like, I am fucking buying this. And I didn't read it for about a year, but I just had it. Cause I was like, I knew I'm, I, like, I, might I know this. I'm going to want this. And here we point. are needing it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's good. good. I recommend it. It is good. Yeah, I mean, uh, writing this book and, like, doing all this stuff was no small feat. Like, he was... Uh, it was, know. like, his life's work. Yeah, it, was, it is a thick book. Yeah. It w- it really is, like, his life's work, essentially, just boiled into a book. Yeah. 
he was giving lectures uh, while at the same time, like, trying to maintain his family and writing this book and shit. Uh-huh. And his family, like, supported him, like, very, very much so. Was, he had a very supportive wife. And, uh, yeah, he was managing to slyly disperse the information uh, that he wanted in the, uh, he, he wanted to put in the book, you know. He was slowly releasing it into the public so as to not upset the men in black, you know, so, like, to kind of put the, you know. He has, like, plausible deniability. It's like, oh, I heard it from this place, and, like, where did they find it? It's like, they can't trace it back to him. Right, right? exactly. It's like, I had access, but it's, yeah, it's yeah. all that, all the wishy-washy of how we got there is not important yeah. right now. And, like, how he would do it, he would, like, so he, as he was writing the book, he would leave, um, like, pr- like sheets of paper with parts of his book, like, printed out on it inside just printers in, like, mm. public libraries and, like, public places so people might find them. And, like, read them and be like, holy shit. Yeah, so like, it's just, like, this? it's in the ether. Like, you know, it, it. there are, like, ways to get it. Yeah. So, yeah. He would also anonymously, anonymously send them to people. But, you know. Uh, That's a little unabomber-y, yeah. but it's still cool. Yeah, the mail is <laughs> He's fun. sketchy business. But yeah, uh, Bill says some pre- pretty crazy things. Oh, yeah, trust me. Well, and you'll see. pale horse. Uh, yeah, some of which have come to fruition sort of uh an entry from 1979 directly predicts targeted advertisement yep you know like search history like monitoring and like seeing oh, yeah. what products like we tend to buy based on our credit card history and all that stuff and that's why the ads are showing up for like the thing you talked about five minutes ago with your friend mm-hmm. when your phone was listed into you hell it's yeah crazy so yeah he kind of predicted that uh targeted advertisement uh he then goes into he goes on to like predict uh Customer, consumer identification logging with the use of first credit cards and then tattoos and eventually computer chips that are implanted into us. Which we have Which we're kinda chips in the, now. Yeah, we're in the middle there because that's starting to pop up in places. It, that's, I mean, I thought it was fake when I watched it, but that is legit. There's that video on YouTube that it's like that company, I, I don't know where it is, but like their employees can like get this chip implanted in their wrist and like it's everything they need. It's like their identification. It's like their credit cards, everything. So you can just scan it to get in the building. You can scan it to buy a fucking soda. Yeah. It's it's everything you need just in your fucking hand. It was either in China or Japan, I think. It's something. something. I remember watching it. I was like, ah, this is fake. And then I read about it. I was like, no, this is real. They're trying to do yeah. this. He also uh, spent a great deal of uh, of the book discussing. All right, so this is. A very long list. Oh yeah, no, there's this list is it's almost never ending. Yeah, so I'll just I'll just go. All right. The Order of the Quest. The Rashashana. 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 The Knights of Malta. The Jesuits. The Illuminati. The Jason Society. The Cabal. The Knights of Templar. The Knights of Columbus. The Masons. The Ancient Mystic Order of Rosicrucia. Uh, the Nazi Party, the Communist Party, the Group, the Brotherhood of the Dragon, the Trilateral Commission, the uh, Bilderberg Group, the Vatican, Skull and Bones, and the Scroll and Key. So we all know I what wanna, all those things are. Right? I want to touch on this right now because you brought up uh, the Vatican. And um, this this is going to play in later but uh, I don't have it built into what I'm going to discuss, so I'll throw it in now. And it, 
in this new world order, there are many hidden arms to who governs who. And essentially the biggest beef is historically in the new world order is between America and Russia. And the one intermediate of that is the Pope. So according to Bill Cooper's potential information, the Pope is the only person on the planet that can assume full power over the new world order itself. Isn't that fucking crazy? So theoretically in the new world order, the Pope at any moment in time can step in and say, like, I'm in charge, this is what we're doing. And that's just how it works. He's he essentially acts as like the mediator between the enemies. Holy shit! Yeah, didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So everybody kind of plays a fucking role in this. Like you'll see, <laughs> it's, nobody's fucking. Safe. It's insane, dude. Everyone's a part of it. Yeah. Jesus, man. Apparently, um, all 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 these societies began centuries ago uh, with the Brotherhood of the Snake, right? It was uh, it was their jobs to guard the secrets of the ages, and uh, and you know exalt Lucifer as one as the one true God, the ultimate uh, light bringer. You know, uh, so apparently the ultimate goal uh, that they were currently that we are still current they are still currently striving for today uh, in the form of uh, all the secret societies because it they all stem from this one brotherhood. Yeah, of the yeah, snake. exactly. Uh, so yeah, uh, it's it's still thriving, still striving uh, towards the secret societies. Uh, it, it it their main goal is basically to sculpt the world in the image of a Luciferian totalitarian soci- uh, socialist state, right? Yeah, pretty, pretty much. Crazy. It would just make everything socialism internationally, like worldwide. Yeah, and it would be run. By the hand of Lucifer, according to their prophecy, which uh, it's not—it's not great. It's not the worst thing that could happen, but it's definitely not what you're hoping for. I'll tell you that, okay? Yeah, it's not what you're hoping for. You want to know uh, when, if this, if this uh, whole scenario, totalitarianism, you know, socialist, Luciferian, if that all happens, you know what day it's going to go down on? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. It's going to go down on Thanksgiving. And, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Do me, do, do me a favor, Mitch. Why do you think it's going to happen on Thanksgiving? I want I want your thoughts, and I'll tell you if you're right or you're wrong. Uh, just off the top of my head, maybe just, I don't know, it's a holiday, so I get that. But, you know, everyone's together, and you're going to have to give thanks for what they're giving you, what they're forcing you into. I don't know. Shaw, what do you think? What do you, why is Thanksgiving the day they pick? I think it's because of symbolism. Symbolism of, of uh, what? Because of Thanksgiving, a lot of times you think of like Native Americans and the pilgrims like getting along and things like that. And New World Order is all those different groups. So I feel like that's kind of a symbolism. Those are that. both excellent guesses, but you're both incorrect. <laughs> both not because correct. Because the real reason is because you got to think of it like this, boys. There's a market here, okay? And they're going to attack the Patriots. That's who they're coming after. And the Patriots, they're all on databases because most Patriots, it, pretty much one step to be a Patriot is you're a registered gun owner, right? So you're in the database. They have your information. And what does a true Patriot do on Thanksgiving? They get together with their family, who might also be Patriots, and they eat a lot of food, and they drink, and they get a little tipsy, a and they're turkey. full, and they can't move, and they're drunk, 
And the government swoops in and takes all the patriots away. You get the docile patriots on Thanksgiving. Yep. They're satiated. They got tryptophan, alcohol, the, uh, the cowboys. You're not going to stage a revolution after you ate a whole fucking turkey, are You're you? You're not going to. Yeah. That's why. You're not going to be able to have the... You, you don't have the energy to even load your gun. Yeah. Well, couldn't they do it on Christmas, too? Yeah, but not everyone celebrates Christmas. Oh, good Just point. because you're a good patriot point. doesn't mean you're a Christian. Mm. But a, a, every patriot celebrates Thanksgiving. That's like America's true holiday. That's our winter 4th of July, you know? Yeah. doesn't matter what fucking religion you are. Most people get together at least on Thanksgiving. Yeah. So they got you. They got you. They got the docile patriots. And it is because of this reason... Uh, that Bill, uh, Bill uh, in Behold the Pale Horse, he states that no patriot should ever be at a home uh, or at the home of any family member on any uh, holiday ever again until the traitors have been hung and the Constitution is restored as the law of the land. Yeah. So uh, his, he, he and his family spent most holidays in a camper deep in the woods. Uh-huh. Yeah, pretty much his mentality was that if it's going to happen, like if they're going to come and take your shit and get you, they're going to get you on a holiday where you're clumped together and not all spread out. So yeah. they want that. And all in one area. Bill Cooper, no, no, no. As you'll see, uh, he, he does not rule that way. He doesn't want anyone involved. So he's not ruled that way. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, we're going to get into some uh, stuff about the baby boom. Oh yeah, and yeah, how yeah, this yeah. kind of triggered some things that Bill talks about in his book. So after World War II, right, the population of the U.S. rose drastically. The elites saw this and they knew that they had to fix it. Yeah, right? Cause they had to more stop. People, you can't have too many people around. You know, we'll get to it, man. <laughs> we'll get to it. All right. Corona. So they <laughs> Corona, yeah. So they knew uh that overpopulation would be the downfall of mankind, right? So they simply decided to lower the birth rate and increase the death rate. So simple, right? So yep. and it easy. all started in the crest of civilization. <laughs> yeah. How did they do this? How did they do this? Uh, I to, know. Yeah, to decrease the birth rate, uh the acceptance of uh like safe sex and it was normalized condoms were more easily accessed diaphragms uh they introduced birth control it happened everything was fine uh to increase the death rate though bill claims that aids was released into the population through vaccines yeah uh hepatitis uh c and b because uh, c was africa and b was america yeah and yeah they were released through the vaccine for hepatitis that you would be given aids and it wasn't every vaccine but it was certain numbers and percentages of vaccines sent out were contaminated with AIDS. So, you know, every, I don't know, fucking fourth person would get AIDS. Yeah. That was the plan. And they specifically wanted to target the people that they would consider to be trash. Yeah, many Which times, would be black people and yeah. gay people. Yeah, it was, like, Hence released in, in, like, uh, it was often released in, like, black and Hispanic and gay communities uh, because, you know, yeah. They're seen by the powers that be as like trash. Like trash. yeah, they're they're not normal to them, so they yeah they're the first target, you know. Yeah, and this like this all took place uh, the AIDS all that whole thing. It took place during the Reagan administration, right? And uh, he he pretty much ignored it yeah. for for years, and so did the government uh, for the following twenty years, you know, like yeah, no one really it, did anything. Weird. It's, it's kind of like oh yeah, they got AIDS. Yeah, I'm well, glad it, I don't have gay sex. Because now I don't have AIDS. 
those were the people that were having secret gay sex and secretly died of AIDS. But they, you know, everyone in the family just thought, you know, Uncle Bill had like a lung collapse. Yeah. It was AIDS. It might have been. Yeah. The, the, the release of AIDS wasn't all they did. Tobacco fields were like fertilized with uh, radioactive materials uh, from uranium, uh, uranium mines. So uh, to spike the rate of cancer, you know, in smokers, uh, true to uh, true to a certain extent, chemicals and fiberglass introduced uh, were introduced to cigarettes to make them more like addictive and smell more pleasant, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that's the thing is like all of these things you're gonna hear today, they might sound insane. Regardless of if you believe, regardless you know? of if you believe them or not, like you can see actual signs of at least parts of it being true and like realistic. Like like you said earlier, like in the seventies he's talking about, you know, targeted advertising for individuals. I'm sure that's something that wasn't, you know, brand new to the world. It was a thought. They just didn't know how to do it. But it's like you really gotta look at it and like this guy knew about that shit before, so it in a way it has to give him a little bit of credibility. You know, you can't get lucky like this all the fucking time. Yeah. There's too many coincidences. So yeah, those were just like some of the major, uh, some of the major bullet points of that book. Cause it's oh yeah, pretty. There's more. It's, it's pretty spans. insane the entire time. So it spans. But moving on with uh, with the man himself in uh, 1993, uh, Bill began his career in radio. So hosting like Frazier, yeah, much like Frazier, except he was uh, he was the hour of the time man. He was, yeah, he was a bit. Uh, That's the show I actually would listen to. No, yeah. <laughs> With Fraser Crane's voice, that would be the perfect show. Ooh. That would be amazing. I want Kelsey Grammer to play Bill Cooper in the biopic. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be fucking badass, dude. That'd be great. Uh, but yeah, so he, in 1993, uh, he starts his career in radio. Uh, he hosts his own radio show, The Hour of the Time. Uh, he talked about his, the wide variety of things, right? The New World Order, aliens. Uh, he became an Oklahoma City uh, truther claiming that the government was behind the bombings. Uh, he popularized the term sheeple. He didn't come yep. up with it, but he popularized it uh, up the ass. And uh, he became so well-known that Bill Clinton uh, once called him the most dangerous radio host in America. Yep. Yep, so yep, Isn't that yep. cool? Isn't that just badass? All right, so uh, July of 1998, right? So he had the show for like five years or so. Uh, Bill Cooper was charged with federal tax evasion. Indeed, he was. Why would he give money to them? Yeah, he's you not. Know, he's, he's not a he, real he government knows, guy. He knows they're, what they're actually up to. But anyway, uh, a year after this, uh, so he's you know he's charged with tax evasion. A year afterward, uh, Cooper sends his wife and daughter out of the country uh, for their protection. He claims, and he kept going with his radio career, right? And uh, in the year two thousand, Alex Jones. We've discussed Alex Jones here before. Oh, right? yeah. Alex Jones, he enters the scene. He breaks through. And uh, as a conspiracy theorist, Bill Cooper was the logical, measured, and sobering sort of guy. And uh, Alex Jones was the entertainer uh, playing, a cons- playing a conspiracy theorist character. The best you know, way so to explain this. did not meld very well. The best way to explain it is, is Bill Cooper is the real deal, who's just like a normal guy just telling you his experience, and Alex Jones is like, wait till I tell you what my fucking mailman told me, you know? Like, 
You're not going to believe what my neighbor's dog told me when I was tripping on acid, okay? You're never going to believe it. You're never going to believe it. It's like, yeah, the stories are just as crazy, but one guy's actually, like, reasonable about it. He's like, you don't have to fucking believe me. Hell, I don't even know if the information I have is real. It could all be a lie. And He's fucking, constantly just, like, backtracking, backpedaling on himself. And, like, Alex Jones is like, no, no, everything I say, you're going to listen, okay? Even if it's wrong, it's true. And then when it becomes <laughs> not true it's anymore. It's truth anymore. It's like, it's I'm been lying. so it's warped me. by Democrats. It's me. Give me a cheeseburger. It's me. That's just his mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they butted heads a bit. Uh, I, actually, on Y2K, Alex Jones, on his radio show, uh, said that cash machines in Europe uh, were shutting down and, like, like oil was drying up, like, nuclear power plants were shutting down in New York, etc. Like, you just, just say all this shit, making people believe that, like, Y2K actually happened and everything is, like, shutting down and ending. So that... He was lying, presumably, for ratings. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Was, you know... Kind of like what he does now. Yeah. <laughs> but then he has to go on the news and apologize for being insane. It's, it's all a character. But anyway, uh, so yeah, Cooper spoke uh, on this after the fact, uh, saying that Jones was attempting to incite riots on the false flag broadcast and accused Jones of working for the CIA. So this guy is accusing Alex Jones of working for the CIA. Isn't it funny that the the fucking guy that like started the conspiracy theory train called Alex Jones a false flag? And then that's like all he says. Like in every fucking episode he says false flag at least twice. Yeah. Like you know he took that with him. He was oh, like yeah. that was He's a badge like, of this honor. Eats at me. Uh yes. All right. So uh so Jones responded uh, when he said this, he's like, don't work for the fucking CIA. He responded to the accusations with a huge smear campaign on Cooper. Uh, but Cooper didn't pay much uh, much mind to that because around the same time, uh, he was named a major fugitive for his tax evasion. And you know you didn't go to the fucking court dates. Yeah, there, there was uh, warrants served and everything. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he was he had some other things on his plate aside from Jones talking shit. Uh, though he did uh, respond to Jones in 2001, uh, calling him a lying sensationalist bullshit artist. So that sounds cool. like something out of a yeah. George Carlin bit, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that's like wild and very <laughs> thought bullshit out. Bullshit artist is very George Carlin. It's yeah. good, but uh, yeah. So he he basically saw Jones for what he was uh, right from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all right, here is where. Well, we already said it earlier, uh, he's, he's about to die. So in late October of 2001, right, Bill Cooper, uh, he pulls a gun on his neighbor over a trespassing dispute. Yep. He's like, get the fuck off my property. Uh, he has a gun. Uh, so yeah, uh, he was over a trespassing dispute. He was uh, gaining him a second warrant for his arrest because he already had the other one from tax evasion. And um, yeah, so this one for aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Bill went on air on his radio show because he uh, did it from home, I believe. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, saying that he would not surrender and that he would kill anyone attempting to capture him. So that's that's some, some big talk. That's, some, yeah, that's yeah. already, like, nowadays, that's, like, 
you'd probably get arrested you'd for that. You'd probably be taken out immediately. They wouldn't let you say that shit. Yeah. They'll definitely take you off Apple for sure. You're not getting on there. <laughs> Apple would have none of this. Apple and YouTube would pull you fast as fuck. I promise you oh, yeah. that. You'd oh, be yeah. gone. So, uh, yeah, so some days after this, uh, November 5th, 2001, uh, the Apache County Police Department what do they do? They enact a plan they devise to lure Bill out of his home. You, right. <laughs> the way that they lured him out of his home is fucking it's stupid. Like, it's they had, it's it's so ridiculous. They had men of uniform, police officers, act like they were teenagers on his property to rile him up to get him to come outside. So like they weren't even they they could have just played into it. They're like he said he's going to shoot trespassers. They could have just trespassed, you know. But no, they played it up like they were, you know, teens, being teens, hanging out in the yard. And he'd come out and give them the old man, like, you kids, get out of here. So that that was their plan. That was their big plan to get Bill Cooper. And it it worked. worked. It I mean, 100% they, he got, worked. He went out of the house, yeah, and then he it went worked. up to him. And, um, yeah, he'd, he'd gone over to the undercover cops uh, in his car. Uh, so he managed to get... Uh, when he realized that they were cops, he managed to get back into his car and speed back to his, his driveway, you know. Uh, but an unmarked uh, police car cut him off and blocked his way into the garage. Yep. So Bill uh, gets out and runs past the car. Now the police, like, all right, so the police knew before this that Bill was heavily armed, right? So Because he, he's a patriot. This guy, and, he openly talked about on his radio show that he kept a loaded AK-47 at his front door yeah. so that if he was on the porch and needed it, it was, like, right there. Yeah. So at 24-7, there was a loaded assault rifle just waiting at the front door. Yeah, and they he knew said that. it on his show. Yeah, the police knew this, and they're just like, oh, my God, he's going for the AK-47. So the police, uh, they report... Uh, the police report states that Bill was uh, the first to shoot, right? Hitting a police officer twice in the head, uh, though some speculate that the police uh, fired first and that Bill was protecting himself. Yeah, no Perhaps. one, no one really knows because the no cops... No one really knows. Like, the police report and the cops say that, that Bill took the first shot, and then uh, there was actually a neighbor that was supposedly, like, keeping an eye on the situation. Yeah. And his claim was that the cop took a shot at Bill first. So no one knows. No one truly, officially, Bill yeah, took the first officially. shot. officially. But uh, in any case, either way, uh, Bill Cooper was then shot and killed by the police and ended up dead on the ground beside the cop he'd shot. Yep. Who it, miraculously survived the two sh- shots to his head. He did. He did. He so survived. So isn't that pretty crazy? Uh, some claim that uh, this death was planned due to Cooper's uh, claim on June of 2001 that there was a terrorist attack coming. And it, no, in he got, the near future. He got vividly specific. And, yeah, and he he said it would be orchestrated by the Bin Laden family. Yep, he got he creepy specific. He, so he said that, right? And then that was in June. By October, this is... Right, he was he was dead dead. on his front lawn. He was dead. So this this wraps up Bill Cooper's life. Now, what I I specifically found this, and I I think this is great. Uh, I was I was talking about this with Jake earlier, and this is Bill Cooper is a very special topic for us because we'd be nowhere without this guy. You know, like no one would. He covers pretty much anything you could think of. 
and we want you to be prepared. We hope you enjoyed that because we're thinking he's going to be a recurring man because he's, there are so many things yeah. that can be like discussed that we I, we could not pick. Like you know what I mean? No, he he will be mentioned in the future. A hundred percent. And I specifically chose one theory because it it encompasses everything. It has everything. It's a it's a whopper. And I want to talk today about. Bill Cooper's uh, findings about how the secret government has operated and what it has done. Yeah. Are we ready? Are, is everybody ready? Yeah. I want you to go into this with a very open mind and just accept that yeah. this is true and just follow Again, the ride. Yeah. Okay. The, the thing from the beginning, just this is all a hundred percent your reality. Yes. Okay. Yes. 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 Think of it. Think of it this way. This is how Bill Cooper kind of starts us off. He paints us uh, in chronological order. From January of 1947 to December of 1952, there are 16 documented UFO crashes around the world. 13 are in the United States. 11 of those 13 being in New Mexico. Uh, according to the government, 65 alien bodies were uh, collected in this wreckage of 16 craft. Um, one, one alien survived, and we'll get back to them later. Don't worry. Um, what got really weird is as they were investigating all of these crashes, uh, the ships had human body parts on them. They were finding, like, severed body parts of yeah, people. Yeah, like fucking, like, hands and shin bones and yeah. shit. So this is weird. Okay. Uh, the Navy... They were in charge of investigating these crashes at this time, okay? And this opens up a question that might be even stranger, because the Navy's here investigating these crashes, and you might think to yourself, well, wouldn't that be the Air Force's job? The Air Force was not created yet. The Air Force was created in 1947 after the first documented UFO crash. So they were still kind of up and coming. They weren't ready to go out and investigate shit, so the Navy is in charge of this, right? All of this kind of culminates into something Phil Schneider stated. We have now made contact with aliens, and we are working with them. Okay? Okay? Who was in charge of the initial... Oh, excuse me. Who was in charge of the initial communications between humans and uh, aliens? Is it, uh, is it the name of a major road near us? No. Eisenhower, maybe. No, it is the CIA. The CIA's main uh, goal at this time is to be the intermediate, essentially. All right. And this is during the Truman uh, administration. And uh, I want to talk about this for a split second. Because Truman was aware of what was going on. Uh, a member of his cabinet that brought this to Truman, all this information about how we were working with the aliens and all of this, Uh. The guy that brought this to Truman, I don't know his name, so I'm not going to make one up. He said, you know, we got to we gotta tell people, like, we have to. This is fucked up. We have to. And <clears throat> Truman, being the stoic president he was, said no. No one can ever know. It would make people go insane, okay? This guy resigns. He gets sent to a mental institution. And he hangs himself or he tries to hang himself, he jumps out of a window and kills himself, essentially. He tried to hang himself with some bed sheets. And the only thing left behind is a poem. 
And there's the whole poem in the book, but it ends in the words, Oh, Nightingale. And Project Nightingale goes into something very similar to this. Connections there. His death is ruled a suicide. Okay? Of course, of course. What is Project Nightingale? I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not entirely sure because I have been reading so many fucking projects lately that it blows my mind. But it's something dealing with secrecy, things of this nature. (laughs) Something we don't know about. It's it's that secret. It's weird. I'm not going to lie. I don't know. Um, This brings us to why that guy killed himself or was killed. E.B. is a creature, okay? He was the surviving alien of the plane crash, and it took about two years of us interrogating him before he spoke to humanity. We found him just kind of wandering around the desert, right? We take him in. He doesn't want to talk. He just doesn't want to at all. Uh, E.B., it's E-B-E, and that stands for Extraterrestrial Biological Entity, which is what he was. He was E.B., you beautiful, know what I'm saying? Beautiful. So I, I mentioned how E.B. E.B. doesn't like to talk much, right? It took him a while to open up to us. Yeah. Well, we finally got him to open up a little bit. All right. And this is where uh, notes were taking, taken in uh, what would be later known as the Little Yellow Notebook, which uh, we'll get <laughs> we'll discuss a little more later. Nice. But uh, E.B. Uh, told us about his history, uh, his lineage, if you will. And uh, then he told us about ours and shit like that and just kind of shared us a little bit of secrets, right? Yeah. And this is where shit starts to pop off. In 1951, he started getting really sick, like real sick. Some interplanetary diarrhea. And um, we were trying to figure it out, but uh, all of our testing showed that E.B. more closely resembled a plant than he did a human being. Yeah, like a photosynthesis. Yeah, his he required photosynthesis, and he was you know left underground, so there's he wasn't getting what he needed, and um, so the government hires uh, a botanist to come in, right, and uh, look into this. Doesn't work. Does not work. They can't. They can't fix him. Uh, in 1952, E.B. died in an underground bunker. Now. This one is for all the fans of the show that like movies. <laughs> Are you ready for this? Okay. 30 years later, to the day, to the day, Steven Spielberg comes out with a little movie called E.T. And, Ooh. okay, whatever. You might think it's ridiculous. E.B.E.T., Are you familiar with the two movies, Close Encounters of the Third Kind and E.T.? Yeah. So you would both know that Steven Spielberg was involved with both of those films, correct? Yeah. And did you know that he actually had a consultant he used to discuss aliens to make sure that it seemed natural and to what science would allow us to do? Did you know that? Natural is the word that well, he, they used. You know, like to make it look more like realistic to yeah, the scenario. Yeah. And um, I did not know that. No, I didn't know about the, the little consultant. The, guy. the little consultant that uh, Steve Stevie Spielberg used. Uh, he had a day job, and do you know what that day job was? The president of the United States. No, he was an investigator for Project Blue Book. Ah. <laughs> so Steven Spielberg got all his little secrets. All right, no, it's just a little interesting tidbit. I thought I'd throw that out there for yeah, you from a government worker. Um. So, anyways. 
uh, in the process of us trying to save EB's life in 51, uh, we created uh, this thing we called Project Sigma. And what Project Sigma was, was that we launch a distress signal into space, uh, hoping that someone somewhere out there can answer and help EB. Um, this is when we started getting uh, a little bit of contact, but the problem was this. We needed it to be a secret, okay? Like, it needed to be under the radar. So, a little executive order came in, okay? And that would be approximately executive order number 93447. I'll get back to that later, don't worry. Yeah. That little executive order created the NSA, the National Security Administration. The NSA's job was to be the intermediate between humans and the aliens. They would be in contact. They would be our communication, okay? And this could all be done because money could secretly be funded to the NSA since it was an executive order and not something created by Congress. Mm Mm-hmm. There you go. I mean, yeah, you got to get funding. So the NSA, in order to kind of get this money involved, uh, became bigger and, you know, had more real, genuine tasks that they had to take care of. Top of the charts. So, Mitch, this one's for you. They wanted to create uh, a little subsection of the NSA that could communicate with aliens, okay? And uh, do you know what this uh, little subgroup uh, is known as? What they created? Is it Majestic 12? Nope, it's the Bilderberg Group. Oh. <laughs> Damn it. The, the Bilderberg Group was formed uh, to essentially do the job of enforcer for the secret government. They would take contact and they would communicate back and forth. Um, all of this kind of started going up and up, and this is where Dwight Eisenhower takes over, okay? There we go. And one thing about Dwight, Dwighty boy... The guy was, realistically, he was a very, like, competent president. Like, he was a war general, and he ran it like it was war. It was He delegated power properly and used a good structure, and he was a relatively decent president. But when this all was kind of coming out and it was getting closer to becoming public knowledge, there's no way he could do this. He couldn't handle it. So he sat down with a little buddy of his named Nelson Rockefeller. And this is where they created the Majesty 12. The Majesty 12. I'm going to give you a little piece of information on yeah, that right the, now. What's that? Uh, how many members do you think the Majesty 12 has? Mitch, Shaw, what do we got? Any? What are your guesses? 13. Jake says 13. 11. I'm going to go with 13 also. The answer is 19. All right, me and Shaw. And the reason... We're ahead. The reason it is called Majesty 12 is because, uh, it, thinking about it logically, 12 would not be enough for a general consensus. There would be an even fight. Uh, so yes. it actually has 19 members, but the only way something can go through the Majesty 12 is if at least 12 members agree on it. Hence the name Majesty 12. Oh, that's pretty cool. All right. Um, so Majesty 12 is made up by Nelson Rockefeller, a couple of Dwight Eisenhower's uh, can- uh, cabinet members, sorry, um, members of the Jason Group, which, honestly, I, I left untouched. We're going to get into that on The Jason Group's a whole different can of worms. And then uh, there's a, a council of six men that they call the, the Wise Men, and these are the people that, you know, come up with all this shit. They're the in charge. Wise guys, you know. Um, 
So the year is 1953 now. Bilderberg Group is underway. And uh, ships are coming closer to the planet. Um, so we install Project Plato, which is getting in contact with the alien ships. Um, who we get in contact with, uh, they are referred to as the Greys, typical Greys. And uh, you might say, well, how did you talk to them? Uh, we figured out that binary code was the best uh, intermediate for us, as we understood it and they understood it as well. Okay. So we communicated through binary code. Um, and when the Greys, believe it or not, the Greys landing in the desert was the inspiration for Close Encounters of the Third Kind. There you go, Stephen. Um, so... After this, uh, we get in contact with three separate groups of aliens, and that would be the Nords, the Nordics, uh, the Large Nose Greys, and just your typical Greys. The Noseless Greys. Um, the Greys, uh, they left us with a hostage, essentially, um, because they wanted to negotiate. They wanted us to know that they were legitimate, so they left us a hostage while they formulated a contract. And uh, the hostage's name was Krill, K-R-L-L-L. Three L's. Krill. Wow. And so they told us that they were uh, a race of aliens known as the Ethereans from Betelgeist. That is where they're from. Beetlejuice. Bill Cooper himself thinks that they're actually from Mars or possibly the inside of the Earth itself. And I'll get into that a little bit yeah, later. Yeah. Um, during this time, we're in negotiations with the Ethereans. We interact with uh, another group called the Ashtar Command. And the Ashtar Command, they are these large-nosed greys. And what they tell us is interesting. It's an interesting bit of information. Now, keep in mind, this is in the 50s. This is 1953. And what the Ashtar Command said is that we will offer you spiritual evolution. That we will be as, you know, mentally capable as the Ashtar Command. And the only thing they asked in return was that we dismantle all of our nuclear weapons on the planet. It was not great. Not really going to happen. This is 1953. America, they just big-dicked yeah. the entire world. We're not ready to dismantle all that yet, you know? Yeah. Like, we still have the best chip in the game. Like, we're ready. Yeah, we just got this toy. Let's, and let's use it for a while. What the Ethereans offered was much more feasible. It was relatively simple. The, um, the, the They offered us, uh, we'll give you technology. As simple as that. You know what we'll do? We want to kidnap a few people. We want to abduct them. And their guidelines were this. Like, it's simple. We really just want to abduct a few people. We want to understand reproduction in humanity because we don't have reproduction anymore. We're a dying race, and we need to study your DNA and your reproductive cycles so that we can help repopulate our planet. And they're like, we'll take good care of these people, right? We'll abduct them. We'll take them. We will not harm them or dismember them. We'll place them gently back where we found them, and their minds will be wiped clean. Nothing, no harm, no foul. We took that shit, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, we have to have our bombs. Um, yeah, so for us, our part of the deal that we received was 
Wi-Fi and Internet Technology. We got that from the Athenians. Thanks, and guys. what they got was information on the human race and reproduction. Then, as time goes on, the Ashtar command would be proven correct because not only did the Athenians not stick to the original script, they were kind of doing their own thing, doing whatever they wanted. They kind of fucked us. They were just doing what they wanted. They were just dicking around chaos. And eventually we found out that they weren't studying us for reproduction at all. They were studying us to extract uh, adrenal glands from the human body. They were, not, yeah. they were not being used to study reproduction. I just don't understand how they couldn't see that coming if they gave them Wi-Fi and Internet and you could figure out how reproduction system works from Wi-Fi and Internet. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that is kind of where we're left with this. So the Ashtar Command, they come back later. They're, they're not gone forever. We do, we, we do have you know a couple, couple deals going on with them. But we sided with the other people. And this in turn created essentially a a market for the aliens. They can drop in, pick us up, take our shit, and leave. Yeah, anytime they want. And the point that Bill Cooper raises that I think is impressive is that they have no reason to stick to this. Like, I was talking about this earlier off the show. Like, here in... The Earth, we have, like, legal binding documents that will get you in trouble if you don't follow it. But the aliens could just leave. We can't catch them. Yeah. It's like the equivalent of, like, cops and robbers, but the robber has, you know, like, a fucking Mach 5 airplane that can just go in any direction it wants. And the cops have, like, you know, tricycles, and they're just trying to get to you. (laughs) Never going to happen. All right. (laughs) So... We no, yeah, well, basically we're not a threat to them, so we there's no like incentive to keep any word that they they swear to, you know, any agreement right. they can do whatever they want. As time rolls on, we keep funding these secret space programs, okay? And in the year 1961, a base was built on the moon. And what this is is it a collective housing arrangement between the aliens, uh the Americans and the USSR. And the USSR was kicked out of being on this moon base for two years because they tried to overthrow everyone else and assume it for themselves. So they were banned for two years, but they were allowed back in. And what happens here is we are in a race to create space technology. That's what we're doing. And Congress Congress cannot know what's going on because they vote for the people. So they would have to make this public knowledge so there needed to be a way to make sure they were not finding out and as these groups you know the Bilderberg group the trilateral commission the NSA the CIA as they're growing they're under more speculation so you can't keep creating sectors of the government to funnel money into so what did we do the CIA started selling drugs the CIA started muling in drugs and do you know how that works you know how that works you just get somebody to help you do that. And you know who they hooked? They hooked George fucking Bush. Because at this time, George Bush, he was the CEO of Zapato Inc., which was uh, an oil company. Or no, Zapato Oil Incorporated, sorry. And they were an oil drilling company based in America. So what the CIA was doing is they were 
allowing George Bush to become friends and, you know, acquaintances with all these people, all in exchange for laundering their drugs through his offshore oil rigs. It must have worked out for him because the guy became the head of the CIA and then the fucking president after he did this. Mm. So he gave them a favor, they gave him a favor, you know? All this happened. During this, the Cold War is going on. The Cold War, the fight between Russia and the United States, it was all a ruse created by the secret government in order to secretly fund and build our space technology. There was never a true threat from either side, but since everybody's mind was occupied and they were focused on how to de-escalate the situation, money was able to slip away very freely into the hands of the secret government, creating more space technology to eventually get us back to the moon, where the moon base has already lived for eight years. This all checks out. This all really checks out. It, it goes into it. This all sounds like the plot from uh, the whole entire X-Files show, 100%. A little bit. A little bit. Not even going to lie. Oh, oh excuse me. Pete. What the hell was that? I don't know what that was. I ate some Samoas. And now my what, like throat's the Girl all... Scout cookie? Yeah. And now my throat's all scratchy. You okay? Mm-hmm. All right. Now we get in <laughs> to John fucking Kennedy, yeah, JFK yeah. himself. Why not? JFK did not know any of this. Did not know any of this was going on. He was pretty much just kind of playing a figurehead, you know? He thought he was boy, doing yeah. a good job. They were like, yeah, he doesn't know anything. It's fine. Mm. That all changes in 1963 when JFK finds out all of this. He finds about what Majesty 12 is. He finds out about the Bilderberg Group. He finds out about the CIA funneling drug money into secret funds. JFK does not like this. Do you know why? Do you know why he doesn't like it? Uh, he's a true... Uh, he's... Uh, I, no. I don't know. Because he's a Catholic. Uh... And if everything he's reading is true... He wants the Pope to have the power, not the American people. Oh, all right. Yeah, all of this sense. plays into him talking to Majesty 12 and telling them to immediately stop or that I will go public with all of this information. And this is when Majesty 12 officially became more powerful than the government itself by ordering the execution of John F. Kennedy. How was this done? Lee Harvey Oswald, Gracie Knoll, you're both fucking wrong. <laughs> there are pictures in the book written by Bill Cooper, and they circulated online. And it is a picture taken directly 14 seconds before the first shot at JFK. Yeah. And what is that picture of? It's a picture of Lee Harvey Oswald sitting in the alley behind the book depository. Couldn't have been him. So who was it? Oh, my God. Who was it? You know how it really happened? William Greer, the Secret Service Service agent who was driving the car. Now, you might question this, right? If you do watch the Zapruder film, immediately before the first bullet hits JFK, Stephen Greer, the driver, does turn around to look at JFK. Fishy? Fishy? Whatever. Supposedly, it's because he heard the gunshot, is what Shaw is saying. 
It could be. But that's not could what Bill be. Cooper says. All right. Let's. Uh, um, yeah. All right. Bill Cooper is law right now. Right. Go, According to Majesty Twelve, it was a gas-powered gun loaded with shellfish toxin bullets that were shot into JFK. Why shellfish toxin? You think? Because he was deathly allergic to shellfish. <laughs> Why not just a normal lethal bullet? Now. <laughs> Why Bill, not Cooper, overkill, Bill Cooper himself has admitted that he thinks that is embellishment. That if that is the case, <laughs> that was one of his backpedal moments. No, he did. Like... He said, "If you know, if this is the case, he said realistically, it would have just been a regular bullet. It would have done the same amount of damage." Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's like a paintball that doesn't pop. It's like still hurts. I don't know. Now it's... the question that is raised from all of this is: This is a lie, right? It's easy to say that's all a fib. Yeah. What was what was what was uh, JFK's lady doing, huh? You know everybody. She's trying to climb out of the back of the car, gathering the brain in shock. Now I want you to think of this just realistically. That's something we've all heard before, right? What? That she was, you know, piecing together the brain. Yeah, it was like I don't know what to How do. How right absolutely now, so. fucking ridiculous does that sound? Have you ever encountered I don't a person know, man. like there, there is like footage of people after nine eleven just picking up papers on the street. Like they're just I don't like, think, what do I do? I I'm gonna do something. I'm telling like, you this. I don't think know, split seconds afterwards you would try to piece together the broken brain of the man next to you. I don't know. I mean, like you know, you hear about that sometimes, even like you know, in wartime, where like uh, you know, a guy loses his arm or you know, you know, a bunch of his piece of his hand, and he just picks the pieces up and tries to just put them back. You know, you know, just just in complete shock. I mean, especially her seeing her husband. That's I mean, it'd be like, I mean, that's really closely related to like a mother seeing her child get, you know, arm cut off. The mom's going to grab it right away. It's just like something you do, you know, when you're not even thinking about it. But would it not be more realistic that she was trying to get away from the man that just fucking shot her husband in the head? Wouldn't she just get out of the car? How? The doors are locked. You have to climb out the back. It was a, it was an open top. You got to climb out the back. I'm just telling you what Bill Cooper told me, okay? He told me this personally. And the car did speed up right when she was doing that. It did. It's, uh, almost, it's weird. And, and, like, one of the guys in the in the car had enough foresight, or maybe it was uh, malicious like we might be discussing, to pull her back in right as it, like, jerked off going. Jerked off. Jerked off. I, uh, 45 miles an hour or so. I think, realistically, I'll tell you this. To me personally, this is just me talking I truly think that this is one of the most like viable options for the JFK assassination. Even the crawfish poison part? No, I, that that seems very pointless. But I don't know. It, it makes sense. Everybody's kind of in agreement that he was killed, you know? And there's well, plenty of reason. Well, I know he was killed. But like, you know what I mean? I mean, like, assassinated I've seen that guy's by head the government. i so many times. When I say killed, I mean, like, assassinated no, by yeah, the government. Yeah. By the and government, okay. I think I think it's very easy to see that because there's so many potential reasons why they would want that to happen. And it, it makes sense that it would be someone close. You know, it wouldn't be some secret agent rogue. It's a guy that's, like, right there. Yeah. Regardless, we're not, I'm not going to spend time on that. Right, JFK so this, is this whole is, topic. Yeah, this is what Bill is saying. So let's yeah. keep going with Bill. JFK is, is, a, whole, is a whole separate thing. Um. Majesty 12, after that, they then took over all operations of the government. And this was done by sending actual letters to each inducted president, letting them know that they must obey Majest- uh, Majesty 12 at all times, that they must obey what they say. And 
Nixon got this letter, and within five days of him receiving this letter, he officially stepped down out of office. Um, really? This is when Majesty 12, they started releasing stories to the public. Okay, they would put them out there. Conspiracies, you know, get the word out there. Stories, yeah. And what they would purposely do is they would tweak information to make it inaccurate. So they would tell you the full story, but they wouldn't tell you the entirety of the full story, you know? Yeah. They'd change little details. They'd pull out this, and they started doing this. This is why you might have heard of Majestic 12, because that is what they refer to themselves as in the documents that were released by Majesty 12, (laughs) as a little bit of a misnomer, you know? (laughs) It's, It's such a small thing. It's so, we were talking about this earlier. It's just the adjective version of what it actually is. I yeah. I don't know. It's just so minute. Um, there are two criticisms to this. That is the story of the secret government. There's way more moving parts to all this. Oh yeah. That I'll, I have a little bit of detail on, but um, the executive order that created uh, MJ12, you know, Majestic Twelve, Ma- Majestic Twelve, Majesty. Yeah. That number is. Nine three four four seven, which is what I said earlier. Of course, of course. That's the executive order. But what doesn't make sense is that during the presidency of Donald Trump, now looking back at this now, the executive orders are only in the thirteen thousands, and they go chronologically based on when they're implemented. So by that standing, we are way off from ninety three thousand. Matter of fact, we're about eighty thousand off from that. So Bill Cooper doesn't necessarily think that it was formed by executive decision. He thinks it might have just happened organically, something of that nature. He believes that it is real. Um, pretty much with all of this technology and all of this information, this is how the Bilderberg Group, the Trilateral Commission, Majesty 12, all of them moved in to infiltrate the government, and they... In a way, they don't control the government. They just manipulate it to be whatever they want it to be. And fun fact, Trilateral Commission, where did it get its name, huh, Mitch? Do you know where that got its name? I have no idea. You have no idea? asking me? (laughs) (laughs) That was the designs that they saw on the first ship crash in 1947. Trilateral dissecting lines. And they named their commission after that the Trilateral Commission. (laughs) This is so badass. Let's make a company about this. And all of this is topped off with what I think is the most credible thing for Bill Cooper. It makes him very believable to me. Is his admittance that all of the documents that he was cleared to see and the information he has might have potentially been misinformation to begin with. His whole theory is if Majesty 12's plan is to overthrow everything by misinformation. Who's to say that the information that he got wasn't purposely misinformation? So he recognizes that he may not have gone as deep as this really goes. Yeah, he recognizes that it's it's so deep, in fact, that the information he has is completely suspect by the information he has. So that is how the secret government operates and controls the world. And their plan is to create... A new world order that would run under a socialist Luciferian indoctrine. And once they get there, they will have succeeded in their mission, and they will essentially lower the population drastically and take full control of the world. Now, 
One more. Corona is, yeah. One more little uh, tidbit of information. He talks about one of the first steps that we're going to get into this socialist movement. And I don't want you to get all riled up and grab your guns, okay? Please don't be upset. This is just not... This Don't shoot the messenger here. Bill is, Cooper... Is literally, or? Bill Cooper says the first step in taking us down is disarming us. And how are they going to disarm us? It's very simple. Thanksgiving. No, it's very simple. <laughs> They're going to implement mass shootings in public areas such as schools, churches, sporting events. He said this in 1991. They're going to implement school shooting or not school shootings, mass shootings at places like schools, outdoors, gyms, any entertainment areas, anything that can be done, they will start mass shooting. And he says, Well what will happen then? People will get scared. What's gonna happen then? They're gonna push to remove the Second Amendment. What happens when they remove the Second Amendment? They take away all your guns. What happens after that? You're at Thanksgiving, drunk, hungry, with no guns, and they're gonna come and take you. What are they going to do? They're going to send you to a camp to be re-educated. You'll be out. Uh, yep. it's, it's insane. It, go, it keeps going. Bill Cooper is fucking nuts. And I want to say this now. Uh, if you do follow conspiracies, you know that damn near every conspiracy theory in the world has some form of anti-Semitism in it. Bill Cooper does not. He does not at all. As a matter of fact, he says that, uh, quote, the Jews are draconian scapegoats. So that's a topic for a whole other episode. They got a bad rap but in a lot of... Essentially, yeah. the reptilians, that would be the draconians, have used the Jewish people as a scapegoat throughout history. And uh, the draconians, the reptilians, they're not from another planet. They're from before humans, and they're highly evolved lizards that live in the middle of the earth. Middle of the earth, yeah. So fucking pontificate that shit I just gave you, huh? What are you guys' thoughts on this? Anyone yeah. got right. any Yeah, I know. I, I know you guys thoughts? got a few questions prepared. Give me some thoughts. Well, I'll go first. So I will agree with you on you were referring to the drug, uh, the CIA selling drugs. That could be true to even like this day with Afghanistan. How Like why are we still, you know, in Afghanistan? Funding the secret government. Yeah, we're occupying poppy fields there. That's why we're still there. So that's one point where it's like, yeah, that's true. And I guess, you know, just looking at this as a whole, I, I think I've said this before. It's hard to, you know, believe some, you know, someone like Bill Cooper where it's like it's like the mother load of conspiracy theories. You know, we got someone like Bob Lazar where it's like he worked on something very specific. He's not even talking about aliens. He's just talking about, like, flying saucers. That stuff is so believable to me. You know, with someone like that. But with this, it's like, it's hard to grasp, even with all the evidence. And, well, you it's know, just all as much as you can. It's everything. Yeah. It's, it takes the world as you know it and just destroys it in front of you mm -hmm. and says, this is what's really happening. So no one's ready to accept yeah. that. As a matter of fact, there are people, there's one reporter that actually was, like, involved in a lot of this information. And that guy literally ended up killing himself knowing this information because it was just too much for him to handle. Like, it is. If, if you were, if someone presented this to you with indeniable proof, your world would change forever. Like, life would never be the same for you, mm -hmm. ever. And I will say, I like, I agree with you, Grant, where this guy has a lot more credibility with, you know, all the, you know, the people out there, the conspiracy theorists, with the all-encompassing, you know, you know, this is what's going on. 
Like he has the most credibility because he even yeah, like you said, he questions. He questions you know, himself. Yeah, even he questions he's like, himself. Maybe I don't have the right yeah. stuff. You or, know what I mean? Yeah, or he's just like an amazing bullshit artist. If he's an amazing bullshit artist, he deserves like a statue somewhere. Because this is, the, if it's all fiction, it's the greatest fiction that's ever been created. He deserves a statue somewhere either way, really. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Um, my thoughts on it are, uh, I mean, with Bill being in the positions he was in with those security clearance jobs, it does seem a little too perfect. I don't know if this is, you know, I don't know if this is me just nitpicking it, but, I mean, his job, literally when you look up, you know, security intelligence officer for the Navy, um, like, you're literally holding those documents and you're in charge of, you know, making sure they get from place to place, you know. So basically, you know, he would have to find all this documentation during his line of work when he's looking for it and opening it. So, I mean, like, if it happened, yes, it would have happened. You know what I mean? So, like, it's kind of like an easy way to say that it was, this is the way he found it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I get that. And, yeah, I mean, he's not necessarily the most, like, I mean, you could debunk this guy easily if you want, but, I don't know, I think, to me, it goes, it's similar to religion in that aspect of it being, like, you just, sometimes you just believe, you know, maybe you don't see it, but you just got to go for it. But I can definitely understand that, like, that mentality of, like, perhaps, perhaps this guy's story is a little too perfect, you know? Well, I mean, the other things, too, with, the uh the world order stuff. Now, the groups of people that are mentioned are, they're all so different in the way that, you know, oh, yeah. you know, publicly the way they think of things. I mean, just to say that, you know, the Pope is the mediator of this when the end goal is, you know, with the Luciferian sociali- socialist, socialistic, uh-huh. you know, dynamic. And I mean, that would have to go back. I mean, I mean, we've had popes for such a long time, so that would have to go back really far. And I, I mean, that's really the they're one thing part that of gets it, me. dude. They're it, part of I it. I mean, it, basically, he's saying that the pope is dirty. Which no, he is. I mean, when you say it that way, then like, yeah, this all fits. I mean, realistically, the way I look at the pope, whether you're religious or not, the pope is scum. He wears Prada shoes. He has billions of dollars worth of shit in his place, and all he does is preach about how you should help those like in need but this guy's got the nicest fucking he's got he has his own country <laughs> he got his own country by denying that the holocaust happened can okay? you imagine the insurance on the pope mobile it's fucking insane it would be out of this world dude you might have to sell his gold throne pretty that's soon that's what you you really have to go back to national sovereignty is what vatican city has they got it from mussolini because when mussolini said fucking we don't want to mention the holocaust okay like we helped we don't want to mention it the pope was just like i hear you mussolini and mussolini fucking gave him his own country outside of his country so like the pope the pope has been dirty that's just established and what they're doing with all the fucking kids and shit you know and they're moving priests around they're like oh yeah you like sticking your dick and kids assholes that's fine you're going to uh, uh grand rapids michigan you're, oh yeah, you're from Chicago. No, that's fine. We're gonna send you down to Florida. Oh, you did it again. You're going to Wisconsin now. Like yeah, it's they, like they just send them. You've around. been bad. You're on strike seven, Father Gabriel. You are going to Alaska where there are no little yeah. boys. Yeah, dude, they're all in on it. They're uh, yeah, 
They're all fucking in on it. Like the where all the society started back, like it was centuries ago with like the Brotherhood of the Snake. Mm-hmm. Centuries, dude. It could have been at any time. Yeah, and I think another important thing is like a lot of these like societies, like the Rosicrucians, the Knights Templar, the Illuminati. They were they're very genuine. They were real at a time. And then to public knowledge, they've been disbanded since then. The Rosicrucians have kind of, like, reemerged. They're still around. But, like, the Knights Templar, like, the real Knights Templar and, like, the Illuminati supposedly dissolved, you know, over 100 years ago. But then that's the whole point of the secret organization is that they still operate. They just don't have the title anymore. Yeah, that's that's the one thing I was thinking of. Like, all these groups, like, I haven't heard of half of them. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm just... If I did my own research, maybe I'd find a little bit of something other than Bill Cooper, but I don't know. That seems a little outlandish to me, all the hey, organizations. Everything's outlandish. Yeah, really. Everything. All the a- oh, not the aliens, though. But <laughs> no, They're outlandish. They're out there. Uh, the one thing that got me was the fact that Bill Clinton said his comment. With, that, with him saying that, it makes me think that something that you know, Bill said was true. It had to have been. It, it, I I 100% agree with you. He hit some chord somewhere yeah, you that they would he, try to slander him, yeah, you know? When he said on his, yeah, he said that his radio show, like he was the most dangerous radio host in the world. Right. Yeah. And it's it's funny because his dangerous and Alex Jones' dangerous are two very different people. Yeah, because, because Alex Jones is control. Bill Cooper's dangerous was spilling potential secrets where Alex Jones is starting a fucking revolution. You yeah. know, like an unnecessary revolution. So they're both labeled the same, but they're from two completely different games. Like they're not even on the same field. They're very like separate people. I also think that, you know, because Bill didn't get along with Alex Jones, I really think it's because he saw Alex as destroying his credibility. No, 100%. And he talked about that a lot, like where... Bill Cooper would just be like, you're a fucking sideshow clown. Like, you you don't know anything. Like, you might have dates and stuff, like, memorized and no names, but, like, you don't know anything. Like, everything you say is sensationalized just so people tune in. And then they hear that shit, and then they hear my truth, and they don't believe it because fucking assholes like you. So that's that's why he hated that guy, like, with a passion. But uh, I'm sure a lot of people hate Alex Jones. So that's not anything really new for him, you know? That guy's not lovable. But with all this being said, this is Bill Cooper, and I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to call this part one of Bill Cooper. I'm sure we'll get to him at some other point. It's very open-ended because yeah. there will be no official part two, but there will be <laughs> a shit ton of next parts. Well, yeah, that too. I don't know. Uh, he'll definitely be brought up in later, later yeah, things like, that we'll be honestly, talking yeah. about. Just things that we plan to talk about, They kind of he kind of ties into them. Like, I did not pretty, even pretty discuss, well. I, I completely glossed over the fact that reptilians are evolved lizards that live underneath the earth. But that's like a whole, like, that's the thing. It's like, I don't want to sit here because it'll get me going for hours. two episodes on that minimum. Yeah, it's like, like there's so much speculation, it's impossible to ever pinpoint. Yeah. All you need to know is that uh, Bill Cooper is dead now. And you pay a lot taxes. of the shit he said, whether it be true or false, whether you believe it or not, it's something to think about. It's interesting in many different ways and might even offer some insight into things you've never thought just of before. It's a whole hell of a lot of stuff, you know? It's just a fucking wild, it's Toad's wild ride. That's what it is. Yeah. 
kind of puts a weird perspective on this whole COVID thing. Yeah, you it know? does. You never know. Makes you think. And I do. I want to say one thing. What do you got to say, okay. Shaw? What are you, you going to say? Oh, yeah. I want to put All out right. one thing. We did mention that Bill Cooper was a big anti-vaccination guy. He wasn't I don't really an anti-vax. Oh no, like, he was. He, he was against that that was, all vaccination. But it wasn't for the reasons that the current anti-vaxxers. No, are, no, and that's what I wanted to cover is that like, he didn't like, that's, start the movement. Yeah, like when, that anti-vaccination has been a thing since vaccines. Yeah. So like, like the idea we have now of like oh the anti-vax mom like that's not what he was like he was against it for principle more than misguarded science yeah. you know you're just like they're giving us diseases it's not like oh they're yeah they're like screwing up with everybody and yeah i wanted you know, to touch it's, on that it's not screwing with you kid. nowadays you hear the term like oh he's against vaccines it's like it's not what yeah, you think but, like you it's, know <laughs> it's it, it's way more to it it's not it's more black nuanced than that but yeah, so that's Bill Cooper part Bill Cooper. one question mark. We'll get back to but it. But we're gonna point. keep doing other things. He's gonna uh, come up a so. lot probably because yeah, he connects to all of this, and it's like there's been so many times that I wanted to throw him out there, but then it's like he, he he's a guy you can't do that with. You can't just name drop him and be like, oh, we'll get to him. It's like no, when you name drop him, you gotta like cover yeah. this guy's ground. So you yeah, know? so now that we did this episode. He's going to be thrown into the ether of the show. We're going oh, to probably yeah. bring him up way more than we would. We are starting uh, a Bill Cooper he's... reunion show. That's the <laughs> name of our show. We are starting a Cooper. We are starting a Bill Cooper petition to get him to be resurrected, just like Walt Disney was, and he will decimate Alex Jones in a one-on-one boxing match. Yeah, our logo is going to be off the chain. Yeah. It is going to be insane. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's that's it. We'll be back next week. We got some cool shit coming your way, baby, so be ready. Yeah, it's going to be cool. Yeah, so that was Bill Cooper. We are starting a cold follow and all the shit. That was Grant over there. Grant is a host of the show, and so am I. And Mitch is also here, and uh, Shaw was here. Thank you guys for being here for Bill Cooper. Follow us on all the shit, right? Uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Libsyn, that is our thing that uh, we, we record on, put it out on. And Patreon, there's a link below. Please give us some money. And get a shirt, because the shirt, I'm wearing one right now. It fits great. It feels nice on my skin. Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.